0: I want to preach tonight on Groundhog Day. The truth about Groundhog Day, and should we really be observing it? And if not, why not? Is it scriptural to be awaiting during the winter to find out if the old groundhogs want to see a shadow? Well, let's find out tonight. First, what we're going to do is open with a word of prayer. Then we're going to have Ruthie read us some information about Groundhog Day. Then I'm going to get back with you. And then we're going to read some scriptures and find out what God has to say about it. Amen. See, we're going to see what God has to say about this, not what man has to say, what God has to say. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask right now as we bring this message that we could stand for you and only you, Lord, on a subject that you never hear preached, Lord, and it's sad. Preachers aren't getting up and preaching the truth on this one. Everybody loves to go and hear about it, but they don't understand what it's all about and what the real deal is about Groundhog Day, Lord. So give me the strength to preach the truth, Lord. Whether someone gets mad or not, And if they get mad, they'll just have to get glad, get right with you again. Amen. So, Lord, we ask you to touch tonight the message. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to have Ruthie read us some info about Groundhog Day here. All right, Ruthie, come on.
1: Groundhog Day, February 2nd, is a popular tradition in the United States. It's also a legend that traverses centuries its origins clouded in the mists of time, with ethnic cultures and animals awakening on specific dates. Myths such as this tie our present to the distant past when nature did indeed influence our lives. It is the day that the groundhog comes out of his hole after a long winter's sleep to look for his shadow. If he sees it, he regards it as an omen of six more weeks of bad weather and returns to his hole. The day is cloudy and hence shadowless, He takes it as a sign of spring and stays above ground. The groundhog tradition stems from similar beliefs associated with Candlemas Day in the days of early Christians in Europe, and for centuries the custom was to have the clergy bless candles and distribute them to the people. Even then, it marks a milestone in the winter, and the weather that day was important. According to an old English song, If candlemas be fair and bright, come winter have another flight. If Candlemas brings clouds and rain, go winter, and come not again. According to an old Scottish couplet, If Candlemas day is bright and clear, there'll be two, or trois, winters in the year. Another variation of the Scottish rhyme, If Candlemas day be dry and fair, the half a winter to come in mare. If Candlemas day be wet and foul, the half a winter's gone at Yule. The Roman legions, during the conquest of the northern country, supposedly brought this tradition to the Teutons, or Germans, who picked it up and concluded that if the sun made an appearance on Candlemas Day, an animal, the hedgehog, would cast a shadow, thus predicting six more weeks of bad weather, which they interpolated at the length of the second winter. Pennsylvania's earliest settlers were Germans, and they found groundhogs, too, in profusion in many parts of the state. They determined that the groundhog, resembling the European hedgehog, was the most intelligent and sensible animal, and therefore decided that if the sun did appear on February 2nd, so wise an animal as the groundhog would see its shadow and hurry back into its underground home for another six weeks of winter. The Germans recited, For as the sun shines on Candlemas Day, so far will the snow swirl until the May. This passage may be one most closely represented by the first Paxitani Groundhog Day observances because there were references to the length of shadows in early Groundhog Day predictions. Another February 2nd belief used by American 19th century farmers was, Groundhog Day, half your hay. New England farmers knew that we were not close to the end of winter, no matter how cloudy February 2nd was. Indeed, February 2nd is often the heart of winter. If the farmer didn't have half his hay remaining, there may have been lean times for the cows before spring and fresh grass arrived. The ancient Candlemas legend and similar belief continue to be recognized annually on February 2nd, due to the efforts of the Poxitani Groundhog Club. From offering support of political events to rooting for area sports teams to becoming the star of a Hollywood movie, Toxitani Phil has increasingly been in the public eye. Early observances of Phil's predictions were conducted privately in the wooded areas that neighbor the town. Today's celebration sees tens of thousands of visitors from all over the world as revelers await Phil's appearance as most fans wait to see their future favorite rock stars. Paxitani Split newspaper is credited with printing the news of the first observance in 19, 1886, excuse me, one year before the first legendary trek to Gobbler's Knob. Today is Groundhog Day, and up to the time of going to press, the beast has not seen his shadow. Over the course of Phil's appearances, Phil has had numerous noteworthy highlights. During Prohibition, Phil threatened to impose 60 weeks of winter on the community if he wasn't allowed to drink. In 1958, Phil announced that it was a United States Chutnik rather than a Soviet Sputnik or Mutnik that became the first man-made satellite to orbit Earth. In 1981, Phil wore a yellow ribbon in honor of the American hostages in Iran. Phil traveled to Washington, D.C. in 1986 to meet with President Reagan. He was joined by Groundhog Club President Jim Means, Al Anthony, and Bill Null. Phil met Pennsylvania Governor Dick Thornburg in 1987. In 1993, Columbia Pictures released the movie Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray. Phil appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show in 1995. In the years following the release of the movie, record crowds numbering as high as 30,000 have visited Gobbler's Knob in Poxitani. In 2001, Phil's prediction was shown live on the Turbotron of Times Square in New York City. Pennsylvania Governor Ed Rendell attended the ceremonies, making him the first sitting governor ever to do so. Like many of our customs, Groundhog Day was brought to this country by the Germans who settled in Pennsylvania. The groundhog is a substitute animal, however. In their new homeland, the Germans found no badgers, the little beast traditionally used as a weather prognosticator in Germany. So they adopted the groundhog. In Germany, the farmers would observe the badger as he emerged from his winter sleeping quarters underground. If the animal saw his shadow, that is, if the day was sunny, he would become frightened and duck back for another nap, indicating six more weeks of winter. The day was cloudy and the badger threw no shadow, He then ventured out into the world confident that spring was just around the corner. The farmer watching these maneuvers of the badger supposedly knew whether or not to plant their crops. Groundhog promoters claim a similar ability for their champion. Some numbers of groundhog clubs say that they cannot remember the last time their little friend failed them but the National Geographic Society has spoken rather harshly about Brother Groundhog's ability and has assented that his accuracy over a 60-year period was only
0: 28%. Woo-wee, what a no ten, on, boys. 20, 28%? 28%? That means out of 100 years, only 28 of those years he's going to be accurate on the button. Well, duh, I could walk out every year, and, 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 and that's, uh, no matter how hard I try, I could guess every winter without even walking outside and at least be 50% right. I got better accuracy than he does. Hey, mate? Simple. All I got to do is this year say, ah, six more weeks of winter. All I got to do is keep saying that for 100 years and 50 years, I'll be right. Think about it, 50% accuracy. The rest of the time, I'd be a big, fat mouth liar. Amen. So, (laughs) 28% accuracy. Well, that tells you something's wrong with that picture right away. Now, doesn't it? And look at all the things they do for him. 28, man, if we lied that much on the job, they'd boot us out. 28%. If we, we only put out 28% of our production for our boss, we would be seeing our walking papers the de- very next day. I'm telling you right now. But oh yeah, only 28% accuracy, 28% of the truth, and they, oh, we'll, we're going to put him on Oprah Winfrey. Give him a movie of his own. Glorifying lions what they're doing. But what does the Bible have to say about all this? Well, let's take a peek. We're going to start with Matthew 16, Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. Let's see what God's Word has to say on the subject.
1: The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting desired him that he would shew them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the sign of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed.
0: Wow! Hello, y'all, groundhog lovers. You could... Watch the signs of an animal doing certain little acts, and what happens? You claim it's some sort of, as is said in one part that Ruth read there, an omen. Omen. Um. Uh. That uh, sort of strikes something interesting, now, doesn't it? Omen. That sounds like some witchcraft mess there to me. Uh, We're going to have to get into that in a minute here. But think about this. Think about it. Jesus said, and how many of us say this? We're driving down the road or sitting on their porch and the sun starts to set and it gets real red. Oh, it's going to be good weather tomorrow. Or the sun starts coming up real red. Oh, yeah, well, it's going to be horrible weather today. Think about that. Jesus said you could look at the signs of the sky and of the land and the sea and you could discern stuff from it. You could learn from nature. Nature is showing you some things and but yet you cannot discern the signs of the times. Hello, y'all. How many of you believe the rapture could happen within A second. How many of you believe the rapture can take us out of here quicker than you could snap your fingers? The rapture could do it. I'm sorry, Jesus could come back any moment. There's not a prophecy need to be fulfilled before he comes back. Hey, we are looking at the days of Noah. When they all were taken away in the flood. We're looking at the days of Lot sodomites and lesbians running everywhere. They can go up and down the streets in Washington, D.C., our capital, and you know what we say? Alternate lifestyle. Alternate life. Get a life. Sorry, that ain't alternate lifestyle. That's sin. Amen. The signs of the times, man. How is it that you cannot see that Jesus is ready to come back? He's stepping on the portal right now. He's got his hand on the knob waiting for the Father to say, Go ahead. Go ahead, Jesus. Go get him. How is it that you can't even see that? But yet, oh, you can understand a little old pox of tawny filth coming out his hole. But, hey, buddy, don't you realize he's only 28% right? 28. Wait a minute. Last I checked in my Bible. If somebody gives you a prophecy in the name of the Lord and he lies, last I checked, they gave him a rock concert in their honor. And it wasn't Led Zeppelin. They rocked him to sleep. And it had nothing to do with shaking the body. They shook the body all right. From every direction, and it went to the ground in a crumpled heap. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about cement clods coming at your head, okay? That rocked you to death. Had nothing to do with Led Zeppelin and their loudspeakers. Well, Poxitani Phil needs a good rock concert, I think. It only takes one false prophecy to make a false prophet. And you think about it, in the last 60 years. He's, he hasn't told the truth. 60 years. We let him get away with it. Oh, that's okay. Well, he's just a stupid old. He's a stupid old groundhog, you know. Right. He, yeah, that's right. He's stupid. Groundhog. Get a life. Jesus said, "You could discern the signs of nature and the sky and everything, but you can't even, you don't even have the first clue Jesus is coming back. You need to get your wicked heart right." Amen. All right. Now, Ruthie, I want us to slide over to Deuteronomy. We're not going to be talking about false prophecies. We're going to talk about something else here. 18, Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 to 14. Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 to 14. Now check this one out. <laughs> Woo-wee. Look on, we're cracking on old Poxitani Phil here. Here we go.
1: There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all these That do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do.
0: O groundhogs, bad on two points. Groundhog, uh, uh, observers of the groundhog is uh, guilty on both of these. There's two of them. Two of them. Uh, First, a necromancer is somebody who believes in omens. Omens. Hello? Check it back out. What did they say the groundhog seeing his shadow was? An omen that... Six more weeks, a winter would come. And if he didn't see a shadow, it was an omen. Hello? Necromancy. And if that's not bad enough, observers of times. The key word, observer. An observer of times is somebody who watches nature. Watches what the motion of the stars and the sun and the moon and the planets do. And they also observe things that happen in nature. There's nothing wrong in learning the habits of a creature. A cat, a dog, a lion. Hey, you learn how to live with these animals because God said he was going to give you dominion. Total domination over the animal kingdom. And the best way to have it is to study their habits so that you can learn to communicate with that animal. So you can let them know what your will is over them. What you plan. Why? Because you have domination. Dominion. You don't rule over an animal because an animal doesn't get very many choices. You tell the dog this is the kind of food you're going to eat. That's what he eats. That's, that's dominion. A rule is a set of guidelines a dog could pick either alpo or pedigree. Okay? That's, that's a rule. You just got to eat at this time, but you get to pick your food. That's a rule. So we find here two things the old groundhog, the people that observe the groundhog are into. It's nothing more than a wicked pastime for people to use as an omen to predict the weather. What's the matter with trusting God? Hello! What's the matter with trusting Jesus for the weather? If all you're worried about is how hot or cold or in between it is, you in some deep trouble. Deep. See, we've become observers of times. We've become observers of nature and looking for this little omen. And guess what you've done? Well, I'm about to show you the biggest place where the old groundhog fails the biblical test of what we should be doing. Should we observe it? Well, in light of the verse we're, uh, verses we're about to read, I think not. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. Exodus 20, 1 to 6. Let's take a look at what the Word of God has to say on the subject.
1: God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and shewing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments.
0: You see what it's saying? God says we're not to bow down to these beasts. We're not to worship the groundhog. We shouldn't be putting his image on the television set because he's going to predict the weather. Hey, boys, there's a lot of weathermen who get on the weather channel and predict the weather. The farmer's almanac can predict the weather. I don't see them putting that up on national TV every year. No. Oh, well, why? Because the farmer's almanac has been known to be a big fat mouth liar. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You should let the day's troubles be sufficient for that day. Jesus said that that's what we're supposed to do. We take, We make an image of this groundhog and put him on Oprah Winfrey but you don't see Jesus on Oprah Winfrey. Amen. Let me get on Oprah and preach about Jesus. They'd be, they'd be booting me off before she had the first take. They'd boot me off before the first take. Well <coughs> oh, that's hate speech. Don't you dare talk about them queers. Yeah, I said queers. I ain't afraid to say it. Bunch of faggots need to get saved. <coughs> and I tell them to their face, I need Jesus. Put me in jail for hate speech? Come on, boys. I'll give you my address. Come on over. And I tell you, you need to get saved, too. <laughs> Amen. Poxitani Phil, you're a liar. You need to be saved. Amen. Poxitani Phil. At the name of animal, Poxitani Phil. Give it a whole name and even a website. Talk about glorification. Talk about glorifying a stupid groundhog. Uh, I have a club for him. Excuse me. Uh, Thou shalt have no other gods. You ain't supposed to make an image of any animal and worship it and bow down. It's exactly what you're doing, boys. Get saved. Get saved. Amen. Well, That's what we need to do, is get Jesus and quit playing around with the groundhog. Groundhog ain't going to get you in. Groundhog ain't going to do nothing for you but send you to hell. Amen. Groundhog ain't going to get me in. All the groundhog's going to do is tell you how to go to hell. So how about it tonight? Do you know Jesus? Well, tonight, if you know Jesus... All you got to do is ask him in. All I ask you to do tonight is a very simple project. Is watch Jesus. Quit worrying about watching for the groundhog. Worry about watching Jesus. Because he... You want to talk about... You want to watch an animal? Okay? How about the lamb? How about the lamb of God who came to take the sins of the world. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we ask right now, for those who've been bowing down to worship the groundhog and not a- understanding, that groundhog has become a god, Lord. We repent. I repent, Lord, if I've ever worshipped a groundhog. I never did, never cared, really. I don't even know this year if he did see a stupid shadow. Don't care. But Lord, for those who follow that mess so closely, Lord, would you, Lord, forgive us as Christians for not worshiping you, rather worshiping some stupid old groundhog. Because that animal ain't but 20%, 28% right. So, Lord, would you forgive us for that wickedness, that sin. Would you forgive us, Lord? Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you because you are A better animal than a groundhog, you're the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Help us to watch the lamb tonight. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen, amen.